Hey guys, welcome to Ronin Rabbit episode 111. The Ronin Rabbit podcast is the Usagi Yojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and there will be spoilers. Now, if you want to get in touch with me, you can, let's see, you can tweet me at Teal Productions, Teal is T-E-A-L. You can email me at usagipodcast at gmail.com. I post the episodes on Facebook on the Usagi Yojimbo Dojo page. And the website itself is bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit. Leave comments at uh, any or all of those those places and I'll see them. Usagi Ujimbo Volume 3, Issue 35, cover dated January 2000 from Dark Horse Comics, is the book uh, here in front of me. Mystery of the Demon Mask Part 2 is the name of the story. Now our dramatic personae include Miyamoto Usagi, Death Mask, Kuroda, who we met last issue is a Ronin mercenary. Assistant Inspector Nita, which last issue he was just called Inspector. Uh, this issue, Assistant, has been put in the front, which means that Inspector Kojo is the head inspector, which we kind of knew by the way things played out, but it, they, they weren't individually titled. So, And then the last character appearing in name only is Tukuyo, who is Kojo's dead son. Now, as we left off last issue, Usagi is going somewhere. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, Going to wherever he's sleeping. Um, We haven't seen that he's gotten an in, so we don't know that. Maybe he's going to see Inspector Kojo. Uh, Maybe he's just making rounds through the village, trying to run into Death death Mask. We, We don't know. But he's walking through the village. And what follows is five pages, uh, four and a half pages, 25 panels of some of the most movie-like panels that I have seen in this book so far. As he's moving through the village, several things are happening. The the camera perspective is shifting. Uh, Sometimes we're behind Usagi watching. Sometimes we're in front of Usagi as he's approaching us. Uh, Or maybe he just turns and we see him turn from the camera being behind him, but then the camera will do a 180 and that turn now becomes Usagi turning in to look at us. And all of these shifts are happening. I can very much see this as being um, laid out for movie filming to me. But Usagi's wandering through the village. Someone is following him. Uh, such that he gets suspicious and thumbs his katana out for quick draw as he's walking around, looking around, as he's listening, as he's extending probably his chi to try to feel, you know, what's going on. Um, One particular page has five panels that are really cool. The panels stretch across the page, but they're scrunched uh, in the vertical enough that five panels can fit, so they're long across and thin in height. And in the first panel, in the middle of the panel is an an alleyway or a street. Uh, And we're looking down the street from one end of it. On either side of the panel are the uh, edges of the blocks, right? The building uh, that forms the blocks that this street goes down in between. So Usagi is on the left-hand side looking around. And as he, the next panel is he's walking across the page to where he's in that alleyway at the far end we can see a shadowy figure that moves across the alleyway causing Usagi to turn uh, 
And as he turns, the camera does a 180 so that as Usagi is looking down the alleyway that was looking away from us, now with the camera angle, he is looking at the camera, which means he's looking at us. Then the next panel, another 180 for the camera, and we are behind Usagi as he's looking down the alleyway, not seeing anything. And then the fifth is, again, a reverse of the camera so that we can see Usagi's face and he gets a very resolute uh, visage on his face. He's, you know, he, something is up and he just, he's had enough at this point. So he continues walking around and we see a, a shadow here a couple panels later, uh, as if still someone following him. Then we cut to Death Mask, who is walking around the village as well. And then several panels of Usagi and Death Mask as they're walking, uh, making it seem like Death Mask is trailing Usagi. Just as Usagi gets to this final corner, he notices someone coming up the um, perpendicular alleyway there and pulls his sword in and confronts them, and it's Kuroda. This whole time, Kuroda is who has been following him because we see the three mercenary samurai that we met last issue at the end of the issue in the bar as Death Mask falls on them kills all three of them uh, quickly and efficiently, so quickly as a matter of fact, that the three men kind of pile in a heap. You know, it's not like Death Mask had to whirl around and do all this fancy footwork to kill all three. They were all on top of each other, and as he killed them, they all just essentially fell on top of each other, just making a pile-o samurai. Usagi questions Kirota, uh, what are you doing? Why are you following me? Why are you out? You know, all the the questions that you would assume. Kuroda hem, hems and, and hedges and doesn't answer. And then finally he tells him, well, no, actually, to be honest with you, um, I was following you, but not to follow you. Um, I was using you as bait. Uh, Death Mask has been hunting Ronin. Uh, you're a Ronin. So I figured if I followed you around, it was only a matter of time until Death Mask fell on you. I could then kill him, collect the reward, and, you know, it'd all be good, and we could just go on our merry way. Well, Usagi gets a little put out that Kuroda was using him as bait, um, although I don't understand why, really, because Usagi, even in doing his own thing, whatever it was he wanted to do, still was turning out to be bait, essentially. You know, I mean, it didn't—the fact that Kuroda was following him, in my mind, really didn't change anything that occurred or, or anything that would have occurred, so I'm not too— too keen on why Usagi was upset, but their conversation is halted by a scream a little way in the distance, you know, I don't know, two, three, four blocks away. Usagi runs that way with haste. Kuroda doesn't seem too up on, you know, following Usagi that quickly. Either he doesn't want to be part or he doesn't want the physical activity or something. And then we see him stop and start coughing more and more and more. He coughs into his hand and then he looks at his hand and is upset by what he sees. And, and kind of what I envision is that he has like consumption and he's coughing up blood. And he um, perhaps he hasn't really been paying too much attention, but seeing the blood in his hand now, he's aggravated, agitated because he realizes what that cough means. And so he's kind of mad at that. But he eventually catches up with Usagi, who is um, inspecting the pile-o samurai that's in the middle of the street here. Young lady off to the side screaming, help, help, murder. 
not you know not helping Usagi at all. Kuroda looks over things, sees what it is, decides he's going to. Uh, he tells Usagi, "Calm that lady down. I'm going to look around the area." Usagi says, "Okay, I'll wait for the police." Kuroda goes off to the side, several panels of him still being affected by his cough. Usagi, trying to calm the woman down, finally does. We find out that she was out and about because she's getting medicine for her sick husband and was on the return route home with the medicine when she saw something. She says, I was returning from the doctor with medicine for my sick husband when I saw this. So she just saw the pile of samurai. uh, Usagi asked if she saw the killer. She says, a demon from hell. So apparently she saw more than just the pile. She asks if it's going to come after her. Usagi says, no, no, you're good. So she goes on home. Usagi waits for the police. And as he's waiting, he kind of looks over his shoulder and says out loud, come on out. I know you've been there for a while. Assistant Inspector Nita, which we did see a figure in shadows several panels back as Usagi was inspecting the pile of samurai. So we knew somebody was there. Turns out it was Nita. Nita comes up. He and Usagi start having some verbal tete-a-tetes about uh, Nita not liking Ronin, Usagi being Ronin. Finally comes to a head when Usagi says, uh, that's an unusual opinion considering I was told your father was a Ronin. Boy, this just flies all over Nita and he whirls around with this look on his face. Um, I noticed here for the first time that Nita was brandishing a jit. Uh, but looking back several panels ago, he was also holding it. I just hadn't noticed. So it's cool to see that. Uh, I guess for the night, he is in charge, but he is just an ins- an assistant inspector, whereas Kojo is a full inspector. So nonetheless, Nita is bearing the jeet of his station. The policeman. Uh, the rest of the policemen, which so far only numbers three, I guess it is a pretty small town, comes rushing up and uh, Nita gives them what for you allowed this to happen. If you hadn't been drinking, if you had been patrolling, if you, your fault, you should, you know, he just really badgers these guys to the extent that he tells them uh, that there will be extended sword practice tomorrow and a reprimand both waiting for them. He gives orders um, and then leaves. Well, just as he leaves, Kuroda comes back into scene telling Usagi, no, I didn't you know, see anything, find anything, no trails or clues or anything. So the police officer, one of the police officers there is in charge of the pile O samurai until, let's see, what does he call them? The corpse removers uh, come around to carry off the bodies. Usagi and Kuroda leave or actually end up walking in the same direction because ultimately Kuroda stops off at a bar for more alcohol, whereas Usagi continues on to speak to Inspector Kojo. So he gets to his house, sees that the lights are on, but in the back. So he circles around to the back, and as he's walking up to the door to knock, he overhears Kojo saying, excellent move to Kuyo. I cannot guess as to your strategy. Well, that's kind of odd because... uh, Usagi and we, uh, the the readers, know that Takuo is dead. So if he's speaking to him in there, something kind of odd is going on. 
But before Usagi can determine anything more, someone yells for the inspector. Uh, one of the other officers runs up, informing him that Death Mask has struck again near the White Mountain Inn. As Usagi is waiting, Kojo leaves to um, supervise the scene of the deaths, he says. Um, I'll be gone a while, he tells Tukuyo. Usagi waits for him to be out of sight and then sneaks into Kojo's house, which is kind of not cool, you know? Whatever Kojo has going on is, well, none of Usagi's business, just straight up. But he sneaks in and sees that uh, there's a game of Go that's in, in mid-usage here. And he looks around, doesn't see anybody, starts walking around the rest of the house, calling out for Tukuyo-san. And walking around and walking around and looking, looking, doors, peeking in rooms, doing all this stuff in somebody else's house, man. Just, yeah, I, I just thought that that was wrong for Usagi to do. A man of honor, that's not a very honorable thing he's doing. So he comes back to that main room where the go table is set up and notices that uh, the, one of the cushions has been sat upon. And we see on the side that the cushion that has been ruffled is also a teacup. On the other side, there is no teacup. And the cushion looks flawless, like it's not been used. So Usagi surmises, he says, I understand now, Inspector Kojo was playing go with a memory, the delusion of a lonely old man who misses the companionship of his son. Ah, oh, poor guy. And as he's leaving, um, as he's about to step out through the threshold, he hears a sound inside the building that causes him to turn and look in the building for whoever made this sound. And we see hiding behind a corner, Death Mask, with his katana now thumbed. Um, lots of daggone corners in this story. Everybody was hiding around a corner. You know, Death Mask, Assistant Inspector Nita, Kuroda, just corner after corner after corner. Um, I also thought overall, well, uh, first, the uh, about the only term really that we were introduced to was Ronin. Um, this other term for the cushion, Zabotin, was something that I missed, so I really didn't get a chance to look it up before uh, recording, so I'm not sure about the history. I just see the word here, and by context and by what Usagi says, I'll perhaps try to include a little bit further explanation for that word next episode for those of you that will be back. Uh, you can learn what a Z-A-B-U-T-O-N is, Zabotin. So, uh, but the, the story was very, seemed very herky jerky to me. The visuals were some of the coolest visuals that I have seen in a story. Um, one of Usagi's stories in a while, or maybe perhaps at all. Now there have been single panels that I was really, really struck by. Uh, but that four and a half page sequence to open the book was very cinematic. Um, I really enjoyed looking at that like I would watching a movie. It was really cool. The story itself just herked and jerked between the Inspector Kojo and insistent, Assistant Inspector and Kuroda and the police, the three police officers and Usagi walking around. And it, there was like, it was almost like this long story that had to be chopped in order to fit into this number of pages, which is 24. Um, and so just sections were cut out to make it fit rather than making a smooth, almost linear kind of story. Um, I don't know, perhaps just 
something about me today made this stand out more than other stories perhaps that have been like that. I, I can't really say, except that this story just felt very, very jerky to me. Alrighty, guys. Uh, next episode, I'll be talking about Volume 3, Issue 36 of Usagi Ojimbo, published by Dark Horse in February of 2000. And that will be the third and final part of the mystery of the demon mask. Talk to you guys then. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.